when you decide to be true to yourself and live life without hiding a significant part of your identity it's common for people to make you feel like you don't belong and are not accepted a safe space to share your story and know that there are others like you gives you a sense of connection and comfort welcome to lone pack conversations i'm valerie today we have with us deepthi one of the founders of chennai queer cafe an online and offline safe social space for anyone who is a cis woman and identifies as queer or questioning she has been a member of the oranam group and mailing list since 2011 and has been volunteering with the queer community in chennai since then she has been a part of the organizing team at real desires chennai international queer film festival since 2013 she is passionate about movies women in sports mental health issues and intersectional feminism welcome deepthi hi thank you valerie thank you for the introduction and one quick thing i would want to say about the introduction is uh, the group is not just for queer cis women it's it's actually for queer afab afab is assigned female at birth individuals which sort of includes uh, anybody who is cisgender identifies as uh, identifies as bi pan uh, or lesbian and who are assigned female at birth and are trans masculine gender fluid as well as non binary people okay thank you for the clarification um so you were a part of the core team that started the chennai queer cafe about 3 years ago in order to create a safe social space for um, women who were assigned female at birth in and around chennai um what was it that compelled you to start this initiative and how did people receive it so um since 2011 like you said uh, i've been a part of uh, orinam and other queer spaces in chennai but there wasn't really an exclusive uh, afab space i mean i they were in fact in when we started there were very few like less than a handful queer women who were coming to the meetings not necessarily out in their own spaces but even coming to the meetings so at that point uh, like i think around 2013 or so i had like a really bad breakup as a really low point in family there was a lot of marriage pressure from the family so at that point i really needed a space like that where i could talk to people who relate to my issues not that they were not but then it it would have felt better is what i what i had in mind and back when uh, next in 2014 15 when i had the time and there were a little more people then we started we thought of the space like this and then we started an online space and slowly moved it to the offline space so we meet once uh, every month i mean now because of the lockdown we are not able to uh, but uh, before this for about uh, almost two years we started in september uh, 2000 uh, 3 years back september uh, 2 years back so the september yeah. will be 3 years now so how did people receive it when you started this initiative i mean from then to now obviously we've probably had more people who are coming in and sharing their stories but at a time like then what was it like so initially we we uh, the film festival is usually in july june july august depending on the like early august or late july so we started sort of talking about this group around that time and uh, quite a few people had come to uh, the film festival and they were looking for a space like this as well so from then on we've been uh, associated with the film festival so we sort of put the word out during the film festival and the queer event 
so we probably have about initially we had about 7 8 people now uh, we have roughly about 20 odd people that come for the offline meetings wow wow so um just as you said a lot of the reason you started the initiative draws from um your own personal experience so when you realized that you were queer um what was your initial reaction to it and how did you come out to your loved ones and how did their reception to it impact your mental health so uh a lot of layers in that question so uh, i think i figured out i like I mean I knew I like girls when I was like 16 or so but I never really understood the kind of impact that it had uh, on my life or on my everyday uh, everyday stuff so I think it was only uh, I was when when I was 25 when I had completely sort of uh, accepted my sexuality and uh, that's when slowly I started talking to friends about it. even even at that point I didn't have a uh, I wasn't a part of the queer community back then uh so slowly i started talking to friends it was very i was very like i knew it was sort of a taboo subject i can't just randomly come out at work or you know spaces like that so yeah. i was very careful as to whom i spoke to so family was initially when i uh, i come out to the family when there was a lot of marriage pressure and stuff so at that point initially they were pretty hesitant ki you know you were in hostels maybe it is because of that and stuff like that but then they took me to counselor so uh, in in chennai that wasn't a very good experience that counselor was pretty homophobic and then uh, they gave me some time and they took me to another counselor in bangalore so bangalore uh, she was pretty uh, accepting and at the end of the at the end of the session she called in my family and she was like she's pretty clear about what she wants she's pretty clear as to what she is so there's nothing you can do about it there's nothing you should change about it just let her be so since then there's sort of been no discussion so again uh, when we talk about the mental health aspect of it i would say the first first uh, session that i had in chennai was pretty traumatic uh, so that put me at a lot of pressure uh, i mean i was at that point uh, i was in touch with the community but still i never really uh, was in a space to mix family and community yet so i there was still a lot of pressure from families so and and that uh, the first first experience that i had with the counselor was like didn't help at all so i think at that point or even early on when i knew i was queer i think i think if there was right representation in the media or access to access to materials which i could educate myself i could have better guided myself better guided my family and do with a lot of trauma that i had to face because even now uh, even in this day and age of social media and you know we have we have queer uh, pride events happening in cities we have newspaper coverage there are still people and parents who believe in this conver- conversion therapy concept and I'm sure you would have recently heard a girl in Kerala committed suicide, right. yeah. sort of because of all this. So there's still a lot of this happening, and and I would say solutions for that would be on a certain level educating these touch points, whether it's somebody who works in a school or somebody who is a mental health professional or people who are in media to do the right representation. Even articles sometimes written uh, in media end up being homophobic. So. all that put together the 
conversations in every space is what would have helped me uh, you know when i was 16 or when i was 20 or that's what would help parents normalize it or kids to not feel traumatic about what they are and right i like that you said that you know right representation is important and access to material so that people can be educated which makes it an easier conversation when you decide to come out and when you decide to talk to people right so um you've been vocal about how queer women often lack access to the same benefits and legal rights compared to heterosexual cis women um and this can have far fetching consequences especially when it comes to impacting someone's self esteem and mental health so um what are your views on this can you just describe it for our listeners sure i mean in my personal experience i can talk about uh, somebody who is queer cis but again uh, you know i would also like to talk about people on the afab spectrum uh because it's it's quite different uh, how they experience how the afab people uh, experience discrimination oppression or how a queer cis woman so when it comes to me i mean i would say queer relationships especially are not legally recognized so that has its own complications whether it's starting a bank account together or adding your partner as as a, as beneficiary on say for example a life insurance uh adoption is another huge challenge staying together isn't always easy there will be like oh two girls to stay together people talk parents don't make it easy even if you're out to them you're not out to them and uh, i think far traumatic will be situations like if your partner is in the hospital going through something very serious you don't have the kind of authority in those spaces they would obviously if there is a consent form that needs to be signed for surgery or something that they, they would want somebody who's a blood relative doesn't matter you've been living together for like 6 7 10 years they still want like obviously they'll be like how are you related and that those are i i would imagine that can be a pretty traumatic situation and uh, when it comes to somebody who is afab and identifies as non binary or gender fluid there i feel since their gender expression is different in, in the sense you know somebody who is gender fluid would would want to dress up uh, you know like like their opposite sex one day which is the societal opposite sex thing so that can cause a lot of judgment uh that can get them a lot of judgment from people around in work spaces restrooms are again a messy situation when your gender expression doesn't match what the society expects it to be and and documentation when it comes to documentation that's a huge challenge whether it's it's a government space or otherwise so these i think these can take a huge toll on on uh, especially gender fluid and non binary people on an everyday basis right so we've talked about what it is like for um, queer women when it comes to benefits and legal rights but even when it comes to you know interacting with people in our own community um, a lot of people have come out in support of the queer community but i think we'd all agree that we've got a long way to go when it comes to complete acceptance so what can we do as individuals so that we can ensure there is support system for the community so uh, again whether it's individuals or brands or organizations it uh, so especially when it comes to brands it sort of is very triggering when it comes to you know the whole pride month because 
some brands all they do is change the logo and just for the pr and that that mm-hmm. that sensitivity that they show or all what they talk doesn't reflect in their policy do they have uh, you know same sex partner benefits in their policy no do they have a very gender neutral sexual harassment policy maybe not so so similarly individuals as well i mean when it's pride month everybody has like a hashtag thing going on everybody has like these frames that they put up on facebook but a lot of them are not very okay with starting the conversations around the community when it comes to their friend circle or family right i think that would be a huge change and uh, it's it's very hard for like somebody to recognize admit the internalized biphobia transphobia and homophobia i think creating like if you want to be the person who wants to be like you know helping the community or be a support system i think learning educating starting conversations and creating a safe space with the workplace you want to create a safe space for queer people to come out so right. just compassion just learning and be a bit sensitive as to what and how introspect stuff i think mainly starting conversations is what it is but also along with that be sensitive and compassionate so um what are the kind of reactions that you've seen to um when people come out um you know when you come out to somebody what kind of reactions have you seen that have been negative and can possibly impact people the wrong way because as you said people do lack compassion and you uh, very often people are insensitive to um the whole thing right so um what have you seen so i've i've seen people say oh it's just a phase you'll get through it or mm-hmm. even worse things like oh you just didn't find the right man so okay wasn't very good experience but this is this is very early on in life where where i was like okay i mean these guys are not going to be very sensitive or let me just move myself away from spaces like this i mean i had the luxury to move away not everybody would right so um from the experiences that you've had um when it came to starting the chennai queer cafe as well as your own personal experience um because you've you've heard stories of people who come to you and talk about you know their own journeys so what would you like to say to people who are struggling to come out i would say you don't have to come out it's it's a choice it's always a choice but then sometimes it's not easy for women because of marriage pressure and stuff but there there are usually work arounds so one thing i would like to say important is assess your situation because nobody knows it better than you do okay so if you have to figure out if you come out to your parents how receptive they are uh, is there danger of violence is there a situation where you can be in like a house arrest situation so those are the things you first need to assess and i would say test waters like if if you are somebody who identifies as non binary or trans just drop a word about some actor being coming out as trans or some actor coming out as bisexual just to test waters see where they stand and i would say after that depending on that situation either you move out of your house whether it's you know to study or to work get your own financial freedom get your own social support system 
like at least five or six friends. They don't have to necessarily be from the community, but some kind of support system that will help you stay sane in times like this when you are accidentally out of the family, or if and when you choose to come out to the family, you need to have the financial confidence and the emotional support system for you to stay sane. So I think these are the two things that I've pretty much told a lot of people who are like, I think I'll come out. I'm like, figure out what your situation is. Figure out how. Open your parents' heart to listening. Then you take a stand if you choose to come out. Thank you for your insights on that. I think it's very important, like you've mentioned in the past. For us as well, it's important to start initiating conversation and not just turn a blind eye and being ignorant when somebody wants to speak to us. I think it's very important for us to take part in creating a safe space and being supportive and compassionate towards people. so that in turn we can be a community that does become completely acceptive yeah one last point i would like to add is when i say conversations it can be uh, you know it can be around anything whether it's whether it's somebody talking about a uh, policy in a workspace or whether they're talking about uh, they're taking a uh, domestic violence seminar you mm-hmm. you have to understand that queer people exist everywhere so queer queer identity or queer conversations are as um, you know relevant in domestic violence cases as they are anywhere else so whether yeah. it's like yeah. startup culture i am a queer person working in a startup so there's like a two layered pressure on me when it comes to my mental health so mm-hmm. in any space i think these conversations need to be normalized so they need to be started correct um it was a lot of information that you gave us today a lot of insights when it came to the legal rights when it came to how we accept and how we should be around people who um decide to come out so that we can be there for them so thank you for all of the information and thank you for this conversation thank you for the opportunity thanks aldi